Hey, Mike, I got a question for you. What's up, Sean? Do we have a website? Not only do we have a website, we're getting a new website as well. A new website? Oh, my gosh. You can find our show now at texaspodcast.fm. .fm, just like your grandpa's old radio. So here's the plan, folks. We've got a new site, texaspodcast.fm. We're going to be going live soon. You'll find the site, new look, new feel, all the same great podcasts. You don't need to update your feed. You don't need to change anything right now. But uh, just check it out. Whatever that you have to spare, there's going to be someone that can use it. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans. We're three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State, share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zulkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. To a Texan from the Gulf Coast, hurricanes represent a very real and dangerous threat that stretches back to the origins of Texas history. Today we were recording this on the evening of August 30th, 2017, and we'd like to take some time to talk about the latest hurricane to come to Texas, Harvey. Now, this won't be our traditional show, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this historic storm in the future with a lot more facts and figures. But first, what's your favorite Texas charity? I'm just going to jump in here. I, uh, in doing some research about what's going on, as we're all plugged in, I heard about a, a really interesting one called uh, Operation Barbecue. And they're at OperationBBQRelief.org. And essentially they uh, deploy for uh, wherever there are needed for first responders and people affected. And essentially they just have a giant home-style cookout. And they, uh, they feed first responders. And so it's a great, uh, great and interesting uh, charity that I'd never really heard of. But uh, they have a great mission. So I think that's cool. Uh, well, one that I have supported is uh, Grace Bridge Missions, which is in uh, Salina as well as a couple other places. Um, they are a uh, provide food and clothing to homeless and disadvantaged families. Uh, they also provide household goods. They even provide uh, wild game that's been donated by local hunters. And right now they are gearing up and partnering with other uh, charitable uh, uh charitable organizations to provide disaster relief to Southeast Texas. Yeah. Well, from my point of view, um, I can't say that I really have a favorite Texas charity. Um, I know there's a lot of good organizations out there, uh, that, that do good. Um, I tend to favor, uh, local organizations over larger ones. Um, there's going to be plenty of places in your local community that, uh, are worthy of your attention, uh, either, time or money or um, goods, whatever that you have to spare, there's going to be someone that can use it. Well, there you go. So right now, as anyone who's been watching the news or has seen or heard on the radio or seen on newspapers or on social media, there is a huge hurricane that just came through Texas. And as we record this, uh, it is still active. It's actually in heading east out of to northeast out of texas and into louisiana so this is hurricane harvey it's a huge tropical cyclone that's causing historic catastrophic flooding all throughout texas uh, and some of the facts that we have in a four-day period some areas have received well over 40 inches of rain this is the wettest hurricane on record in the united states 
some of the numbers that we have here preliminarily are that there have been at least 13,000 rescues and well over 30,000 people in rising are displaced as of right now and we know that that's going to go further and further up. There are hundreds of thousands of homes that have been put underwater, either damaged or destroyed. As we watch this hurricane come in, what was interesting is that it directly landed right in Rockport, Texas. And this is less than 60 miles uh, south of where the 1886 hurricane of Indianola was. And we did an episode of this uh, a few years ago, and it was a devastating hurricane then. The damage in Rockport and nearby Port Aransas was pretty extreme and catastrophic. I think, Scott, you said you knew someone who said it was like a war zone, uh, that they'd been down there and it was like worse than Iraq. The, there was there was wind damage and flooding. Um, it was a Category 4 when it landed. Um, but the unusual thing about this hurricane, it seems it's, it's behaving in a way that I don't think anybody has ever, uh, I have seen anybody that said this, uh, this storm is behaving in the way that everybody expects it to do. It, generally speaking, in, a hurricane is going to make landfall. Then it's going to roar up, roar up, uh, lose a lot of energy as it goes further inland. It's going to come hard on the on the on the coast, go in a little ways, but then it's going to start to lose energy and turn into a big, big storm, give tornadoes and lots of rain as it goes up through you know through the state. But for whatever reason, due to the the weather patterns, uh, the hurricane lost a lot of direct energy, but it was such a huge hurricane, had so much moisture. It just lost power, and it just started moving slowly up northeast along the Texas coast. And when it hit Houston the next day on Saturday night uh, and into Sunday morning, it began dumping a massive amount of rain in Houston. And Houston began to flood in a very serious way. One of the interesting things that I'd, I'd read about this uh, in and again, in our private Slack chat, we've been sending all these articles and pieces back and forth watching this because, uh, you know, again, this is, a, for some of us, this is our home, our relatives, our friends, we're watching what's happening. And, uh, but, but one of the things interesting they said was that because there's so much moisture in Houston and there was so much moisture on the ground, that the hurricane might as well have been out over the Gulf gaining in strength because there was so much warm water and moisture there in Houston. And it doesn't take, it takes less, it has to be about 50% water coverage is more than enough to keep feeding a hurricane. And those mm -hmm. fronts that were holding it in place, it just was sitting there and, and just spinning its wheels right over Houston, dumping water and then reabsorbing that water and then dumping it right back down again. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of there's a lot of talk about you know should there have been evacuations should there not have been evacuations, you know the thing is is that again it's behaved in a way that people didn't expect it people didn't really expect this to come over and park itself over Houston and by the time people were wanting to start to be able to evacuate if they wanted to they couldn't because there was no way out, um, so uh, there's a lot of images in Houston of lots of of highways being flooded and bridges and overpasses having water over them. Um, but, uh, you know, from a personal level, my brother uh, is in Dickinson, which is between Houston and Galveston, and his house, uh, he stayed, my, my, his family, he sent to stay with my parents, uh, and he stayed and he had a, a long couple of days of 
getting sleep in the afternoon because it wasn't raining that bad and then saying it was raining really bad at night. So he was moving uh, sandbags around and just watching the water to make sure it didn't come into the house. Um, but he never lost power. He never lost water, which is good. And, uh, but he wasn't able to get out of his neighborhood. That's for sure. It's It's been really hard um, to watch all of this on the news and follow it on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, all of that, uh, texting back and forth with my parents and, you know, feel so helpless uh, up here in the dry Dallas Metroplex. Um, I've got memories of different storms when I was a kid. It's been a long time since I've had to to deal with all this, but I, I can't even imagine what people are going through right now. And um, I'm just hopeful that as it continues to run its course, that um, people will continue to, to come together to facilitate each other's recovery. Well, I think there was a, a, a message that was sent out at the time, and I think this is one of those interesting points of history of we're talking about this thing as it's happening and what all the results are of this will reflect on um, all of the parties involved, the decisions, and it's that hindsight is twenty twenty thing of, you know, the shelter-in-place order. And somebody had brought the point and said, you know, with the millions of people in Houston, that to drive across Houston on a good day in moderate yeah. traffic can take you two hours. And with the speed of the storm, the rapid you know, the rapid flooding and, and how high the water can rise in Houston, as we've seen, uh, there could have been, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of people trapped in their vehicles, drowning, or out in, in, the, in the open storm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is a very difficult decision. And there was another interesting statistic that I had found that said, uh, I be- and I'm, I'm, I don't have the source in front of me right now, and I apologize for that, but uh, I believe it was that Houston has grown over 17% since the last time, uh, since I think Ike, that there's been, you know, it's one mm-hmm. of the fastest growing cities in America. So that the infrastructure build out, the number of people, there's a lot of factors that were weighed into it. Um, but let's shift back to something here because Houston, we'll, we'll talk a bit about our personal stories. We'll, yeah, go ahead. Well, and then another factor, another factor in play that people don't realize is that Houston has sunk four feet over the last probably decade, uh, just because of land erosion and and just in general. So the you know people were like, oh well, they didn't get this bad of flooding. They got bad flooding in Ike, but they didn't get this bad. And like, well, it's been ten years since Ike, and Houston has sunk quite a bit. Well, so and Ike really hit Galveston too. So there's this is where yeah. we sort of got, we haven't done a show on Ike yet. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we did talk about the 1919 hurricane that hit Corpus. Corpus has Flower Bluff. Flower Bluff, of course, has a famous uh, famous resident that uh, graduated high school there and Lou Diamond Phillips. But Flower Bluff is, is a natural bluff, and, and for years that kind of protected and was thought to protect Corpus from storms. But that storm in 1919 just came in at the right angle, got around it, really sacked Corpus bad. And... You know, I think that there's, you know, when you look at things like we looked at Isaac's storm, we've talked about some of these big storms, and we've looked at these histories of it, that, you know, there's always a thought of, you're not sure this storm is going to be as bad as it is, and then when it happens, it's always worse than you think. And, uh, but but it's 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 a terrible storm. But what I, uh, the other part to flip back to is everybody's looking at Houston right now because 
we built a city in a swamp, which maybe wasn't the best idea that we had. <laughs> but, you know, um, you look at Rockport, you look at Ingleside, you look at Port Aransas, you look at Aransas Pass, uh, they got devastated. They're much smaller mm -hmm. towns, but they're also really the heart of Texas history. And we've talked about a lot of these towns and these places, especially in the early times of Texas. And then on top of that, you go a little bit north, you start looking at places like Cuero, and where they're next to some of the rivers, um, next to the Guadalupe River, you'll start to see that, you know, there's a lot of flooding and damage, and, and it just, it mm -hmm. really is unfathomable to imagine that a third of Lake Erie was poured out of the sky onto Texas in just the course of a few days. Right, and also, uh, you go a little further north, and the, the actual the Brazos River uh, goes right through uh, Columbia, uh, and near Lake Jackson, uh, and the, that was where a levee failed, was near Columbia, West Columbia. And Columbia was one of the capitals of Texas, the, the Republic of Texas. So, uh, And it was right in the heart of the uh, old Stephen F. Austin, old 200 uh, colony. So, you know, this is, this is, you're right, this is the heart of Texas. It's, it is on the coast, it's near the coast, and it's in a vulnerable area to these types of gigantic storms. By the time this releases on Monday, the storm should hopefully be somewhere over Missouri uh, <laughs> and out of our hair. But the uh, the cleanup and the efforts will still be going mm -hmm. on. Right, but as we record right now, uh, it is still a great deal of flooding happening in Beaumont, Port Arthur, Orange area in southeast Texas, uh, the extreme southeast part of Texas, as well as Lake Charles, Louisiana. Uh, and my wife's family is currently in Orange, uh, and they are their, neighbor, their neighborhood is flooded. Similar situation with my brother this, earlier this week. It's, it's The neighborhood's flooded. The, the house is still dry. Uh, they don't have power currently. Uh, they don't have running water right now. And so what we're hoping is that the water will recede because it has stopped raining. Uh, we hope that their water will see over the next couple of days and they can get power back on or that they can be able to get out and come back, come up here. So fingers crossed on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, if you know someone, yeah, and if you know someone who's a lineman, someone who works for maybe the power of the communications companies, the guys who are out there doing the truck rolls, uh, it's always a nice and interesting thing that when there's major ice storms, when there's major power outages, when there's these sort of situations, um, linemen from all across the U.S. will get in their trucks and they'll organize like kind of these uh, helping brigades. They all show up and they all work together to help to restore because it's a huge operation to bring power back to all of these zones. So, mm -hmm. so we're really, uh, you know, there's a lot of people working really hard right now to help people out right now. So what can you do, faithful listener, of come and take it? So there's a lot of charities, there's a lot of opportunities to give and help. We're going to share a link to a fantastic article from NPR. You can also check the notes page on this episode uh, at brainstable.com and look for other uh, anything we find interesting we'll put up there to share, and we'll put it out on our social feed too. So uh, this NPR article listed a whole lot of different charities. I just want to highlight a few that I think are interesting and important. The first up is a thing called Charity Navigator. Now, that's just a site and an app that lets you do research on any charity, can tell you some information about it, um, kind of like a Yelp or Rotten Tomatoes for charities. 
So make sure that your dollars are going to something important and that you care about. Right. And then there's always uh, the Salvation Army and the American Red Cross. Uh, they are always uh, a good resource that you can count on to be able to uh, provide help and resources to all these communities who need it. And um, I know specifically in Houston, um, one of the organizations that uh, has I've had personally recommended to me by people that uh, you know that live in Houston um, is donations to the the Food Bank of Houston. Um, they've got a long history of uh, success, and uh, I know they could use some help. But definitely, definitely, um, you know, we kind of everybody talks about Houston a lot because it's big. It, it affects a lot of people at once. But again, uh, don't forget um, the areas like Rockport and Corpus Christi and Port Aransas and, and those smaller communities that uh, they're suffering just as bad, if not worse, than in Houston. Yeah, yeah, all the food banks, and there's a list of all the food banks for specific areas that you can check out. Uh, I'm going to throw another, an odd one, but a great company is Airbnb. And so Airbnb is actually doing, um, they're waiving any fees, any charges, and they're just setting up if you need a place to stay, if you have room and want to take in somebody who needs a place to stay. They're doing free accommodations all throughout Texas and Louisiana for anybody who might be affected by the hurricane. Um, and then another one is a good, great company. I, I don't know what how what you can do to support them other than to actually just be a patron of them. But HEB is sending truckloads and truckloads and truckloads of water, uh, of food, of supplies, of everything you can imagine. Giant you know, semi-trucks just loaded with stuff down to the area for rescue workers as well as for displaced uh, displaced people. So you can go to HEB.com slash donate and donate to them. Um, so I I'm now love HEB for more than just Central Market. I love them for helping Texans. And last, uh, last but not least, for those who love pets, the SPCA is doing its best to uh, take care of displaced sheltered animals and to help rescue animals. Because, hey, we love animals too. And then there's a there's a, there's dozens and dozens more that you can do as well. Go to the the NPR page. Some great links on here of different things to do to, yep. that you need to help. Yep, yep, yep. This is a sad time. And in fact, a friend of ours said that he just he's having a hard time even reading any more news about it just because some of the stories are tragic. Some of the stories are uplifting. But if you're in Texas and you're a Texan, take time to embrace this moment, to learn the stories. Because we're living through an important moment of Texas history right now. We hope everyone stays safe, dry, uh, and God bless Texas. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. And why not follow us individually, too? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two N's. And I'm Scotticus. You love this show. You love Texas. So tell your friends and leave a review on iTunes so we can have more listeners just like you. Now, normally we'd ask you to support the show financially, but if you're thinking about it this week, why not go out, look at what donations are available, and help out some Texans? We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas... 
Texas wants you anyway. <laughs>